0: Welcome to Kara Live. This is CARA. Uh, just wanted to say if you want to join the conversation, call 563-999-3627 or hashtag at Kara Live. Again, if you want to join the conversation, call 563-999-3627. So the mid the midterms are over, and the results are in. And I'm just back from working the Stacey Abrams campaign and Lucy McBeth campaigns in Georgia. So if I sound a little sluggish, it's because I'm extremely tired, um, and um, just extremely tired. Oh, wow. I have a caller before we even really start, so let me um, tap into this caller. Hold on a second. Hello, this is Kara. Uh, What's your question or comment? Hello?
1: Oh, Kara, this is Boris. I was listening in.
0: Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. You can listen in. Yeah,
1: I mean, we can talk. We can talk. I was waiting (laughs) in.
0: Well, I I know it's a hot topic. Uh, Since everybody's a little antsy about uh, what happened during the midterms. um, And I guess the the highs and the lows, I guess you could put it. I listened to the president today. Um, I just... Uh, I didn't hear it live because I was in flight, um, but uh, I heard his perspective on how the midterms turned out, and um, I was going to talk about that. My my guest hasn't uh, called in yet, so I'll proceed. <laughs> so anyway, um, I guess well with last night's midterms, and one of the things I wanted to talk about was voter turnout. And um, I'll put you back on hold, though, Boris, for a second. Um, All right. And, and, and we'll come back one second. So um, voter turnout. I think one of the, the things that was surprising uh, for this midterm election was the the voters who are 18 to 29 years old. Um, You know, the voters that people think that will not show up, the ones that are not engaged or they thought they weren't engaged are um, pretty complacent about the um, politics in general. So it appears that the 29 to 49 year olds uh, across the country was up like 400 percent which I think is going to be a problem in the future for the Republicans. I don't think they um, um, have realized that the, well, actually, here's what I wanted to say. It's, it's, it's This is going to be the future of politics from, from what I can see. If you have um, 18 to 29-year-olds um, who are, we're talking about a young set who are mostly Democratic, um is is kind of going to change um the direction of i guess the democratic party w- which we probably can't see right now but also how um they review um the policies and the, um things that are happening with the republic republican party at this moment um which also in turn is a um when we look at the midterms overall um, what happened with um, A lot of progressive Candidates that came out to um, uh, Who were actually won So one of the things I saw um, l- l- Maybe I should start With the losses first and get the Losses out of the way I think that The um, One of the shocking losses Or maybe disappointing losses For the Democrats was the um, two two losses, actually. Beto O'Rourke in Texas, the Senate race against um, um, uh, Cruz, and also the race in Florida with Andrew Gillum uh, and DeSantis. Um, I don't count these guys out. So, um, did I... I don't count these guys out because um um have a i'm sorry, I keep going back and forth they have a i think they their their personas even though they lost they lost this race i i think if 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 you go back to what I was saying earlier about the um uh the the young Democrats who are actually voting. They are going to these particular candidates appeal to those particular voters, which again is going to be the future of the Democratic Party. Um, so again, yeah, the, the 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 losses were disappointing, but um, there is definitely a future for both of these particular guys in in higher office. Um, so. I'll I'll move to, to the, the races that I was working on, um, Georgia. So Georgia was on my mind and apparently Georgia was on a lot of minds. Um, the one thing about Georgia, um, so I, I don't even know where to start with Georgia. Um, I, I went to the election party last night, and the election party uh, was was extended until the early morning hours because um, by the, by one o'clock in the morning there were still three hundred precincts that were not accounted for as far as the votes were concerned. Uh, the but those particular precincts that were unaccounted for were mostly Democratic um, voting blocks, So um, Campaign was uh, thinking that because they're mostly Democratic, that those votes and provisional votes um, and the absentee ballot votes would probably go to, um, as far as the governorship is concerned, to Stacey Abrams. Um, We laughed not knowing uh, what the the final result was at that particular time, Uh, but it was so close that uh, Abrams in- immediately said that she was going to, um, that there was going to be a runoff. Um, so if, if that being the case, then then that race is not really over. Um, and the same with Lucy McBeth, there was, there was only a hundred vote. Yeah. Only a hundred votes difference between her and her challenger. Um, for that particular race. So, again, another run-all. Um, it's really tight. I, uh, the the concerning thing was, you know, I the last day that I was there, I did um, um, voter protection and election protection, and um, they were assigning people to Gwinnett County, a lot of people to Gwinnett County, because there were issues with machines early Early in the morning, I mean, and it's obviously a consistent issue with the machines um the one of the re- that goes back to one of the reasons that the um, um the that the precincts were in a three hundred precincts were in by one uh, one o'clock in the morning because they extended the hours for voting in Georgia, so some of the voting places um was open until ten o'clock. PM or in 9:30 PM and 9 o'clock. So because they were late, then you know it's a domino effect that, of course, all the votes were not going to be in. I don't know. I it's it's really concerning. It's it's a mess in Georgia. Um, um, something's got to give. Um, I'm not just sure. Um, it's it's just amazing to me that you could have someone who's responsible for counting votes and counting their own votes uh for a um for a for a seat that they're running for. I I I just don't get that. I don't know why and how that could actually occur with and, and 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 no one not fight that. I know there's been suits against the um the voter thing but I just don't understand why there hasn't been anything proactive in regards to that. Um but again that's just just my take. Um so I, appears I have another call on the line. I'm not sure if they're they are just listening or um, they have a comment. So let me ask one second. Hello, Colin. Um, this, this
2: is uh, uh yes? Benita Blocker calling from North Carolina. Oh,
0: okay. You, do you have a, a comment or question? Are you just listening?
2: I I do. Um. The runoff, from my understanding, is going to happen if Kemp, if his lead goes below 50%. So right now he's at 50%, 50.3%. So, is, and when I just checked, it sounded like there still might be 20,000 votes that are needing to be counted. So I'm just curious. It sounds like he needs to be at 49.9 for there to be a runoff. Is that my – am I understanding what we're no. trying to – oh, go ahead.
0: Yo, know, you're absolutely right. You were you right. Uh, and I didn't know what the numbers was because I've only been home for a couple of hours. Um, but you're right. I know that um, – but when I um, – the last I saw, which was like 2 o'clock in the morning um, – uh I can't remember where it was at. they thought that the votes that um that were out there were going to bring Stacy up to where they would have to be a runoff so you're right you're absolutely right um okay, but I don't but yeah I was saying earlier I don't know what the final count is of what it is at this point, but that is what was going on um i
2: I have been monitoring that during the day and I think some of those votes still have gone to Kemp. So like really the the lead is is really staying about the same. It's like the count is going up, but the lead is staying about the same. So he he was at 50, I think 51% at one point. Now he's down to 50.3, but I just I don't know that he's going to get down to 49.
0: Okay, so, so uh, you, you're thinking that it, it's a wash. <laughs> i at chuckle, this but that's, point, that, that's, a, that's unfortunate. Go
2: ahead. I'm yeah, because yeah, I mean, right now, the best that we can hope for is even if the libertarian. Can take some of the votes Like as long as they don't Go to Kemp And 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 that 49.9% Happens Then the runoff happens So any vote that's not Kemp is going to get Stacy closer To the runoff But the way it's been going all day It looks Like he's it's Not going to get past The the 50%. Okay. Oh,
0: that's that's so unfortunate. Um, mm. yeah. That was that was a hard race. That was a really hard race. Wow. Um, did you have any other comments or you want me to put you on hold again?
2: Uh, no, that was it. I was, you know, I'm like you. I I actually have a campaign um, that I, I've been pushing that's Georgia-based, and I was really hoping both the attorney general would be new and the governor because when you're talking about incarceration, the attorney general posts as well as the governor are very important, and the, and the ones that are have been in office, Have not been responsive And then I don't know if you had mentioned That the retired Chief Justice uh, P. Harris Hines just got killed this week Or uh, within the last week A a wreck And, you know, he's still within that circle Um, You know, it's unfortunate But uh, I know I had reached out To him as well and it was just Interesting that before the election Day that he was Deceased but uh, That's neither here nor there Um, But yeah Georgia right now is I'm just very concerned About my campaign I'm very concerned about the Bible Belt Um, It's just It's I'm just concerned. But that was one of the reasons why I just wanted to see, you know, what you all had to say as well. Okay. So uh,
0: I, I know I hear you and that is uh, personal. Did you, were um, there any other thoughts about, um? well, let, let me add this. I, I just thought it was, well any thoughts about the the um conflict of interest with the um the secretary we'll of state or yeah
2: yeah well i think okay it's similar to the gore and bush thing like i didn't know that jeb bush was the governor and the brother of george bush until like after Like, everything was said and done, and we couldn't do anything about that. Like, to me, that presidential election got stolen by Bush's brother back then, and we couldn't do anything about it. So I think this situation with Kemp is the same thing. It's like, well, it's right there in our face, and we still can't do anything about it. I mean, because there's no steps. Once people are elected, they have job security that, you know, unless they resign, they have job security. Once you become, like, a judge or what have you, some of these judges in Georgia have judicial immunity. So even with Trump, if if he's saying he can be exempt from this, that, and the other as commander-in-chief, it's like elected officials are becoming untouchable. And so I don't I don't know how to solve it. I would like to solve that issue but I don't know how to solve it.
0: <laughs> it's interesting you bring up um Bush and Gore. I recall that very that, that incident when um it was election night and um they were calling the election in different states and it looked like it was gonna of course go to Gore and Bush said, uh, "Florida's not in yet. Florida's not. I just remember that Florida's not in yet. Like it was. He knew something nobody else knew. Like he, uh. like he knew." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, no, just to piggyback on your point, yeah. Um, I, I, it seemed like I, the I can't remember who the Secretary of State was at the time, but there was a a. Um, there was a special relationship between um the Bushes and whoever that secretary of state was. I don't remember what it was. Now I was say 18 years ago, but there was something else yeah, there. Yeah, I
2: don't either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's that's interesting. Um okay, so I'll put you on hold it. One second. Okay. So she made some really valid points um and um about being concerned about Georgia. Um, I think we're all concerned about the state of Georgia. I, I, um, I had spoken a personal um, incident. I when I arrived in Georgia on um, Friday evening, I was um, at this event and I was talking to the hostess in the restaurant as I was trying to depart, and uh, she was a twenty. Young twenty something, I'm gonna say she was probably um, between the ages of twenty and twenty three. Uh, if She was older than that. I'd be shocked. She she looked like a teenager. But um, I was, when I was talking to her and and saying, you know, you need to vote, and she was asking, you know, what the group was there for, what we were doing, um, she said she had made an attempt to vote or tried to vote. I'm like, how do you try to vote? So. Um, She mentioned that she had gone to – she lived in um, DeKalb County. She went to the – to vote early and went to DeKalb County and where she was registered to vote, and they told her that um, she couldn't vote there, that she would have to go to Fulton County. Um, I was a little – not just a little. I was very disturbed by – by what happens. Uh I don't know what the final result was, but I do know she was going to go to Fulton County, um, despite the fact that she wanted to vote early so she wouldn't have to stand in a line, uh, but she was going to go on yesterday to, to cast a vote, regardless, uh, she was determined she was going to vote. So when I say it's concerned, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of different um, angles to what was happening there um As far as suppressing the vote, I mean, you, you got problems with machines. You got the um, exact match issue, uh, people not being able to find their name on the rolls. Um, we had um, attorneys on call, so if there was issues with the the machines or uh, lines or people not being able to um, find their name on the roll, where um like we would say a provisional vote to cast you know, a, a real well, I should say real, but to actually cast their um the vote that day versus a provisional vote. So it, um you know, when when you have um things that are gutted out of the, the voting rights act and um, people taking advantage of um, how you are able to vote. I mean, the, the vote is your right. And um, you, I, I can't say it enough that you have to realize that if someone is trying to vote, that means vote is important. And those, and those of you who are not, still not registered to vote or did not cast a vote, um, you're not exercising your right. So there's, there's no Or or letting your voice be heard, and there's no reason to complain about um, what you feel is happening with your life or the government. When things go awry, Um, there's no reason to complain. You you just gotta let your voice be heard, and every vote does count. I mean, and that should just go to show you that in Georgia, the fact that um, you heard um, and Benita just talking that, you know, it's so close that each one of those votes, the, every single vote that that a person cast was crucial in in, in those races um, in order to make a final determination. And, you know, there, I heard another young lady who was in her mid-20s talking about her friends who didn't vote. I don't even know if they're registered to vote, who didn't even care about voting. And, and those votes would have made a crucial difference um, in Georgia. So it's it's really disappointing. And really, it's, it's scary that um, um, you have to think, well, it's not scary you have to think that way. I mean, just, I, and I hate to go into, you know, we hear it all the time, which is the truth that people died, shed blood for the right to vote. Um, to cast that one vote um, for others to just sit back and think that um, it doesn't they don't really care it doesn't really make a difference um, it's, 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 it's very very I can't stress it enough how concerning and um, uh, being that complacent about um, about doing so right I, I can't wait. I just didn't know when I um, turned 18, I was ready to vote. So, um, I heard, you know, one more from Georgia. And one, but um, I think really this election was the first time she really even cared. She's in her uh, mid 30s, and um, but one of the things that she wanted to change because she didn't care. As someone, uh, as as an eighteen, let's say, eighteen to thirty-year-old, she wants to make sure that her kids don't have that same impression. So she was getting them involved in the process so they could understand that they vote, their vote counts. I think her, um, I can't remember the ranges of her her kids, but I think the, the youngest was nine. But regardless, you know, for her, it was like, you know, I had this mindset. But I don't want I want to make sure that the cycle stops here, because uh, I, I think she was saying that, you know, she was never given the impression that voting was that important by her own parents and that she didn't want to pass that on. So she wanted to change the cycle of um, her family and how they think about, um, again, think about voting and, and the process. So that was Georgia. Um and it was, lot, uh, it was a lot to take in, a, a lot of different mindsets, um, um, but then a lot of people who, you know, were were determined that they were going to, to cast a vote regardless of the issues that they already knew regarding um, the attempts to suppress their vote um, in the state. So, um, yes, that, that was Georgia. So, um moving on, one of the other things that um was the the women vote and 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 women getting elected, a lot of women were on the ballot in across the country not not just a segment and um um the women were trying to show up and show out um So one of the things um, I noticed with the the women, there were a lot, not only women, but there were um, historical wins um, too. We had the, um, so Keith Ellison, who occupied um, a congressional seat in Minnesota, who was, um, who's Muslim, decided not to rerun for his, um, his congressional seat and run for attorney general. Um, His, his, his particular race was highly contested. Um, He had, there was some um, scandal issue. So um, he had a, a, um, a bridge to climb or or he had some obstacles that he really needed to, to get over um, in order to run for the attorney general. Well, he won, and also um, history was made because the person who ran in his seat, um, who's Muslim, um, I don't know how to pronounce her first name. I think it is, Hill. I don't know how to pronounce her first name. Maybe I should just not butcher it. But her last name is Omar. Uh, she's the first Somali-American, um, was actually a refugee, um, and now she's a uh, congresswoman representing um, Minnesota, So um, that's one woman, and then you had, like, um, the first African-American woman, uh, first African-American period, not even counting the fact that she's a woman, from Connecticut, Johanna Hayes, um, who was Teacher of the Year when, um, I don't remember which year it was, when um, President Obama was in office. Um, she decided to run. She has an interesting story too. Um, I think she was a teenage mom um, and, and she worked um, hard to to overcome that and, and to go to college, go, finish school and graduate school. So um, then you have her and then you have the youngest um, ever to be elected Congress, another woman um, out of New York. Alexandra Cortez, um, and um, you had the um, there was another Muslim lady. Um, don't remember which date, but um, um, I think her name's Rashida, and I'm not going to butcher her last name. I think it's Talab Talib, um, and then another woman um she scratched she checked off two boxes she's the um she's the first lesbian open lesbian and the first native american um in congress um her name is Sharice Davids and then you had another native american woman um Del Holland, um to win in the house and then um uh Oh, there was another lady, um Ayana Presley, Ayana Presley who um doesn't fit, you know, you know people have a profile of 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 who they think or how they think you should look. Um when you run for office, well, Ayana Presley wears braids and um She's the first African American woman to hold, uh, be in Congress from Massachusetts. Um, so, like I said, women women were out. They were showing out. They were winning. And not just these women. These these were the women I named had you know Pacific um, historical aspects because they were the first. But there were so many other women, even in um, uh, governorships that um, in different states. Um, that were winning for the, for, for it to be a woman in that state for the first time. So, um, which says again, that all of these people that I just named are, um, uh, ran as Democrats in, and, and apparently you, even though some of the highly contested races that, you know, people were really down about, which was, uh, again, the, the Gillum and, um the Aurora and um Abrams and Jealous in Maryland. Um, there were still um still a lot of highlights and ups, not not just those particular lows, but you had a lot of highs as far as the Democrats are concerned, um in, in those wins. And again it goes back, there's there's a, a, a again a connection between the the youth vote and these people who ran progressive uh, contests and ran and won, regardless of uh, their their um, gen- um, regardless of their religion, regardless of their gender, um, regardless of their sexual preference, um, again they, they they won. So there there's a different the different candidates. And, and there's a different kind of voter that's 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 coming, so regardless of what you know we we're concerned about a lot of people are concerned about as far as the current administration is concerned there there is a lot of um um highs that you can really think about so I'm going to uh, bring Boris back in and see if he has any comments or questions Boris. oh okay. <laughs> uh, I'll
1: just, you know, uh, yeah, I, 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 in the barbershop, I hear mountains of guys talking about all the women running, but I think a lot of people view this female wave as uh, a surprise. But if okay. you've been looking at campaigns and looking at who's been working on them, this has been in the work for almost 20 years. I've okay. seen, uh, you know, in terms of, well, you remember back when you were in Charlotte, and you
0: yes.
1: like the yeah. black political caucus as dysfunctional as that was. Uh, most of the yeah. most of the uh, people in there were women. Okay. And, and you know, you know, some of this I have. Uh, I, I to me, I'm seeing a pattern in black men where not all, but a significant group of them are disengaging, disengaging from all sorts of things. But... What, um, why why, but, you why know, do you think enough. that is? Why do you think that is? Oh, well, there's a combination of, I mean, uh, well, a lot of black men heavily uh, get involved in conspiracy theories. They rather believe, uh, and some of them... Uh, I call it the Jason Whitlock disease. Now, this guy who's a ESPN mm-hmm. personality kind of believes politics don't matter, but God and just me taking care of my family does.
0: Okay. But you have
1: you have a lot of these men that uh, they'd be right. Well, they'd be right with the alt right if it, they weren't if they weren't racist. <laughs> and you know, uh, that you know, there's a the. Part of the reason why I stay kind of concerned about it and I watch it when I talk to people, what I, I hear them say, because my personal belief is that people who indulge in conspiracies, that's a substitute for not doing anything. It's easy to talk about globalists and you don't have to deal with the people who, who right around you actually doing something wrong. But, uh, but see, so many of them, they want to blame feminism and all of this, but they fail to engage in politics where you have women engaging in their church, women en- and more women engaging in politics. And so women coming into political office is the natural outcome of their participation. You know, if you're going to learn how to run somebody's campaign, eventually you, you or somebody else is going to realize I can handle the office too.
2: So, so I, I think
0: a little different. So yeah, I, I agree that that women have always uh, been involved, but women have always run for office. Like I think they did in this particular midterm, not not in mass. But yeah, but, but I think as, it's a logical as as it's a logical outcome of their participation. I mean, because you go back to. Um, as far as the engagement involvement, you know, the involvement in um what's the guy's name in uh Alabama that ran against uh, Roy Moore? Um Oh
1: um I I can't think of his me.
0: name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you know it was the the black women who, you know, um did they were, did a, a they were the main did, they were the main yeah, of tremendous- victory. Yeah, I was going to say a tremendous effort was to get out to vote. <laughs> well, I actually... Everybody now, to the poll. I have well, re- go
1: ahead. I have relatives, particularly on my father's side down in Alabama, and you know they were talking about this. Even some of the men were saying it was a lot of women that were beating on doors, forcing some guys to get out the house to vote. Uh, so it was... I think the voter turnout among black women was someplace way up in the 90s, and black men was in the high 80 but uh it was pretty much the consensus that black women were the driving energy behind uh the campaign against uh, uh I forgot the guy's name Roy Moore uh so you know on one level you know I kind of you know I kind of feel like well you know it's about time black women start running things rather than uh people depending on them to save the vote and, uh, and, but it's also a logical outcome of what's happened in a lot of communities. Uh, I know in the in the parts of the Black Belt of Alabama where some of my father's relatives live, um, you know, now there are a lot of there, there are a lot of black women as well as black men involved in politics and been involved a long time. And again, if you can organize campaigns sooner or later, you're gonna realize I don't have to always be someone's organizer, I can be the candidate. And yeah, people that, will that, recognize yeah. the leadership.
0: So 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 when you say involved, are you saying that they're running or are they just involved in, in the organization of? Well, most
1: most of what I've seen, they start off in the organization. And then eventually they run.
0: Okay, okay.
1: You know, if you're involved, in, and see, also, if you're involved in the community, you establish a level of leadership that people can trust, and you have that image, and people are willing to follow you, and I think that's also key in all of this. You know, when you're involved in the community, and you're doing something for people, uh, I don't care how, what your impression is on somebody, whether you're racist or sexist, ultimately, if you're the one... That petition the government to get the roads paved. Eventually, they're going to start looking at well, this is the person we need to talk to to get this done.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I think for a lot of the, uh, uh, particularly black women who are running, I'm like, it's a logical outcome, you know. Um, uh, I know. Look, I know some guys. They don't like the Black Lives Matter movement because three black women are seen as the front of it. Really? really? Yep. <sighs> well, uh, and, and see, they, they, throw in, they throw in, I think one or two of them are gay. And they're throwing in, well, it's part of the gay agenda. I said, look, when is the police beating your butt part of a gay agenda? Well, they put them in charge. Of it. I said, no. They got out there and they got involved and they were doing stuff. You got other hang
0: up. Yeah, I, I I um I mean not to, to switch the subject, but when you say that they don't like it because three women started, it's 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 the same um issue that a lot of voters had with um Hillary Clinton because just the fact that she was a woman. That has nothing to do with anything else. Uh, although you know a lot of other people had issues with her for other reasons, but then there were there was another segment that just didn't like her because she was a woman and didn't think that um uh, they were ready for a woman president. Oh, I, I definitely believe that was that was out there.
1: I, I me personally, I tend to fault Hillary Clinton be, uh, in terms of the way she ran her campaign. I think she got she she was believing that she was already the first female president before the election took place. Therefore she her campaign took a turn uh more or less advertising that fact whether instead of concentrating on the issues and then once she's elected we can all look and say, yes, yeah, you're the first woman woman elected to be president. Because I saw gaps in her campaign month several months before because i lived up in ohio and uh i mean, in ohio and in wisconsin and she was only campaigning on college campuses and i knew uh when i lived in ohio back in the 80s they had already suffered a lot from uh the loss of manufacturing jobs due to japanese competition and up in wisconsin's uh they were facing the loss of manufacturing jobs, particularly union jobs, so due to what they perceived as international competition. So a lot of what Trump says resonated, but the people in general have a predisposition toward the Democratic Party, but if you don't campaign to them, they're not going to vote for
0: you. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. I Live in the past, but I I agree with you in that her campaign, it's it's almost as if she didn't learn from the first time from from 2008.
1: That's what I felt. That's that's what I felt. (laughs) That's what I felt because uh, I got a good friend who he voted for Trump. He's a black guy, voted for Trump, did not want to see Hillary win. He believes all these conspiracies on him. And again, I ask all right, cite a source. Give me proof other than the repetition of what somebody else is repeating. But, uh, but when you uh, and he kind of reflected when I started seeing some of the surveys they did, uh, there are a lot of black men that voted for Trump. Now I'm not saying there weren't any black women. I got a
0: aunt
1: who voted for him.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: know women that uh, that that are black. But, yeah. But I know of, uh, actually, and some of the surveys display that the voter turnout, first of all, was lower, much lower. Trump won from a low turnout election. But also, when you look at the comparisons they made between uh, 2012, 2014, and 2016, it was basically the black men who didn't show up to vote.
0: Well, it wasn't just them. There were those voters who, um, well, yeah, you know, I, I off, said it was a
1: lower but, turnout, but,
0: but uh, the Bernie. lack of
1: turnout was significant, particularly among black men.
0: I, I hadn't seen those stats. I just, I just knew that, um, that I knew people were, um, were pissed off about, uh, Bernie Sanders and decided, well, since so their candidate wasn't um, wasn't nominated on the ticket for as a Democrat, then they were just weren't going to vote at all. Yeah, and I mean,
1: I I, I worked on Bernie Sanders' campaign, and a lot of the people that were working for him, to be blunt, they were political neophytes. They came down to Durham, and they thought in two weeks. They can just run around to everybody's home and the people are going to change their vote to, from Hillary to Bernie. And I had to explain to them, Hillary has been campaigning down here for a long time. And that's not likely to happen. And right. uh, and they kept thinking it was some conspiracy, like she was cheating. And I said, no, this is strategy. She, she's been running for... For president a lot longer than Bernie Sanders has And personally Even though I like Bernie Sanders I never felt like he really wanted to be president I think he wanted to push his issues That's been more important to him Than the position But nevertheless with Hillary Hillary had Picked up some things from Barack Obama She had people on the ground Way earlier than anybody In the Sanders Well actually before the Sanders campaign began
2: Well, and he so said
0: she didn't get anything, and the, and the most important thing is she didn't get any of his data.
1: Oh, I can believe that. I, I definitely can believe that. <laughs> uh, but see, a lot of the people that supported Bernie Sanders, I mean, I, it was fascinating to see a lot of people taking, they stopped their jobs and everything to help with his campaign, but uh, quite often, this is the first time many of them worked in politics, and they didn't even know their terrain. Uh, like, back in 2008, I, I had volunteered down here in Durham on the Barack Obama campaign. And I saw the similar behavior out of Hillary Clinton, where uh, there were people uh, kind of working in Durham... I guess around five or six months before the North Carolina primary began, and I know it was something similar in South Carolina. Hillary had endorsements from, like, like major black preachers, and they were sitting up there saying, she has my endorsement but not my congregation.
0: Whoa. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, but see, Obama had, and and actually in Durham, he had some guys. I got, I mean, I met these guys who were some of his first guys that come down. Uh, these guys what, 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 what,
0: what period was this in the campaign? Was it uh during the um, was it was it before or after South Carolina? Maybe to put it that way.
1: <laughs> All right, um, the South Carolina primary occurred before the North Carolina, right? But he had people in North Carolina, in Durham, Charlotte, a lot of the urbanized areas, uh, they were hitting the hood. I I met these two white guys came down to New York and literally, you know, you could say they did the world's most dangerous things. They walked into some areas of Durham and literally walked up to guys and said, Any of y'all felons? <laughs> During broad daylight <laughs> and uh and then convince the guy saying, look, you can vote here. And they want a lot of these guys over. And uh, and they actually got a lot of people out to vote. In South Carolina, I, I kind of believe, now my sister was all for Hillary until she met, well she had met uh, Michelle Obama, but when Michelle Obama hit South Carolina she wanted over for them, won them over fast, and it didn't hurt that uh, in South Carolina, they can do an instant family background or a crowd can sit up there and figure out everything, and they had already figured out where her family was from, even though Barack paid someone to do it after he became president, and they were up there and said, hey, her family's from, her family originated in Georgetown. She's one of us. That was done. That was done. And, but uh, getting back to uh, these elections, uh, I really think, you know, now I, what I see out of a lot of the women candidates, they're, 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 uh, the fact that they're women is really uh, a side issue. They're running a campaign. They're running on issues. That's what you're listening for. I think that's one of the best changes you've seen. You're not li- listening to them to say, oh, what is she going to try to do for women? You right. tell you you got an interest in them now, and I think that's a, a more successful model. Of if I was a woman and wanted to be in a, wanted to be a politician, that's what I would be working towards.
0: I only have a few more minutes, but I, I wanted to touch on one other subject before I go. And um, uh, actually, we can talk about this and see what your thoughts are. So. Um, while i was in flight today apparently the um president had a press conference and it went off the rails at times um after the press conference there's an announcement that um the um us attorney general no longer has a job um so jeff sessions um was forced to resign um there's a lot to unpack, but I guess the the first thing is the the press conference. I, I guess he needed to. Um, th- there's always a uh, a spin, the spin is not always that um, has all the facts. It may have a portion of the facts. So you know he he was um, taunting it as a win for the Republicans, even though they lost the house. I, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. <laughs> um, and instead of mentioning, or to be honest, I don't even think, I think that, um I've always thought he was going to fire Jeff Sessions, but I don't think it was planned to, for today. I think the only reason it happened today or the announcement came after the press conference was to change the media cycle uh, regarding the press conference that went off the rails, so instead of the media talking about what he said or the lack of what he said and, and engaging in that in the um primetime hours tonight, they went ahead soon after the press conference and, and makes the announcement about Jeff Sessions. Um, uh, the other thing about this, um, well, it's two, two other things, um now that the Dems, going back to, to to circle back to the Dems and the, the elections, now that the Dems do, does have the House, that means that they have access now or will have access or be able to get access <laughs> to his uh, tax return information, which he does not want anybody to have, obviously. And um, the other thing with the, the firing also has um, people in an uproar because they're concerned about how the uh, Mueller investigation is going to turn out, or what what the next step is going to be. Or it's like playing chess: who's going to make the, the next move, and what's that move going to be? So, um, yeah, it's 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 a lot. Um, every media cycle, there's something new and different. Um, it's the the the. Trump administration reality show. Uh, it's, it's a lot. So well, um, go ahead. I think
1: I think out of even out of Trump's going off the rails, uh, I think for the Democrats, the main lesson here is have your platform, pursue your agenda, and that's what people should hear out of you. That's what they should expect to get out of you. I think it'll be bad for them to just try to run it against. Trump, I think Trump they need to hold Trump accountable and uh and not try to go over the board. I think Trump is trying to offer uh, a benign threat like you know if y'all investigate me, I'm gonna win out like Bill Clinton did, but uh trump be- between he and his family they can't help but to brag you know, you know there's a kid in the class that couldn't whisper because you can't they can't really keep the secret. <laughs> and so I think uh you know I think they're going to they're going to give given time they're going to give enough fuel to undermine themselves and and I think a lot of people don't understand that um impeachment is a political pro- is a political act not a criminal act just because you have the evidence that he's done something wrong uh doesn't mean he really gets impeached and forced out of office you got a Republican Senate that will not follow through on that. But what you can do is uh, campaign for your platform and use these things to diminish him. And I think he's going to do plenty to diminish himself.
0: I, I, and I, I totally agree with you. And I think the other thing that should be added in your comment is um, messaging. They don't know how to message, and they don't know how to message for this particular president or or what message they should put out. And they're always playing um, uh, defense instead of offense. Yeah, well, so,
1: I think they're always trying to counter him, and they I I think just as they stuck to their point about health care, I think there's a couple of things all, all they really need to do is stay on that. I think for the Democrats, for the Democrats, they're like herding cats, but they really need an agenda to kind of get everybody... With, with the Democrats, the best you can expect is uh, 80% support for any one issue. But if you get a collection of them, you got 100% support. Republicans Republicans are more of an authoritarian party. Someone gets in charge, they fall in line. Oh. And, you know, like with Trump, Everybody falls in line, and whether it's good for them or not, they just fall in line.
0: Yeah, that is so, that is so true. Um, one one of the things you just answered, you know, I had in the caption. Um, now what? And you answered the now what? Because <laughs> cause, um, with what the the Democrats should be looking at and what they should be doing, um, but I. I, I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen. Or we're talking about it, but it, it seems that they they're still trying to find their their voice. Um, um, uh, their voice probably would have been greater if if you had had a Gilmore or Oroy win because the um they seem to not have a problem with um. Uh, facing that kind of stuff head on and Democrats don't know how to to do that type of messaging so um, yeah it's it's still yet to be seen and um, the new new house will be in in January so um, it'll be a new ball game with some new players
1: well I guess this falls into the lecture I wound up giving my niece last year after Trump won I said, number one, you better talk with me and your mother. We've actually seen worse, and, <laughs> and uh, you talk with your grandmother, and she's seen even worse. But I said, politics, uh, elections are not an event; they're a process, and which means you, you need to be involved. From you may not need to necessarily feel like being involved in every campaign, but you need to be aware. You need to follow people. But also, uh, you got to advocate for some things. You know, people expect all, you know to elect someone, and then, then they go to sleep. And then they say, well, this person didn't keep their promises, so they lied. But then they don't understand how government actually works. And mm. with Trump, willing, I can say we collectively elected a person who doesn't even understand how their own government works. And for so many people they want someone to be in charge and they keep forgetting that in the United States the president is not the emperor. He has some power but not all of the power. You got the Senate, you got the House, they have their share. You got all these components of government. Uh so you got to understand all these parts have to work together. So you may want something, you can't just say, well, the president ran and he's going to get it if he doesn't. And not try to elect people in the House or in the Senate. This is stuff I kind of go off on a lot of people back in 2010. They claimed they didn't go to vote because Obama didn't do everything they wanted. Then when the Tea Party took over, they were upset. But I said, what are you doing upset? You didn't show up to vote in 2010. Well, he wasn't running. I said, look, what's the Congress? What's the What's the Senate? They're important, too. What's governor? And this was actually another issue with Hillary Clinton. A lot of people were trying to blame Hillary Clinton for the crime bill of 1994. And I would point out, I said, well, if you're going to blame her, you better blame the Congressional Black Caucus, because they were right in there with them. And I right. said, but did you know that more black, particularly black men and black women, locked up at the state level? That 1994 crime bill had very little to do with the state prosecutions. So, you got to know your issue and again, uh it's a process, not an event. And I hopefully I think I, I'm hoping that a lot of the younger people begin to understand that more.
0: Yes, me too. Um but and it it appears that even if they don't understand you can tell that people are definitely more engaged in in the political process than they've ever been um or or the number of people in, in the history of this country i think that every people who didn't even follow politics or even thought about politics before um are talking about it and and talking about everything yeah
1: and in spite of the losses with Andrew Gillum i'm like you know first of all um, I know as Americans we don't like second place but when you consider all the cheating that is going on in Florida and uh, and actually uh, Trump's behavior toward Puerto Rico really forced a lot of Puerto Ricans to move to Florida and I think they're going to make a big difference in the elections down there
0: yeah and I thought I they think- were going to make a difference in this, this election but the results are not what I thought they were going to be
1: yeah but uh, uh, you know again you know when you just had this uh, constitutional amendment where you can allow felons to vote now former felons hello hello
0: Okay, if you're talking, Boris, I can't hear you. Um, Hopefully you can hear me. Um, So Boris is making some very valid points regarding uh, the election. And um, we're actually going a little over our hour, but that was great because um, um, he was very interesting in what he was saying. So I'm going to close the show out. now I think I can hear you again, Boris. It's like you're back in. Oh, oh. but
1: <laughs> okay. I figured I must have. You must have gone over. I was cut off, though.
0: So. No, no, no. I um. Even though I, I, going over, I could still still should be able to hear you. But for some reason, I didn't hear you. Um. Did you have one final thing you wanted to say before I close out?
1: No, I'll be quiet. <laughs>
0: All right. So, but like I was saying, he had made some very valid points. I want to thank him and um, Bonita, who called from Charlotte, um, for calling in tonight. And um, if you guys want to listen to this podcast again, it's available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Just Ask Alexa. Um, Don't forget to follow... Care Alive on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, any comments regarding this show use hashtag Care Alive and thank you again for tuning in and thank Boris and Benita again um, and until next week we'll talk to you then thanks for listening to Care Alive